This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Students are preparing their college and university applications. Don't be a Dave Brown. Don't be procrastinating. There is an art to making your application shine. Elizabeth Moeller is an academic, and Elizabeth has some advice on what you can do to make your work stand out. Elizabeth is also the founder of EM Disability Consulting. Hey, good morning, Elizabeth. Good Wednesday morning, Dave. Happy first week of December. Happy first week of December. So, Elizabeth, you've been in the academic world for a while. No need yes, to tell us how many years. longer than I can count. <laughs> yeah. But if, if you had to guess, this is where I am going to make you count. How many applications would you say you filled out? Between applying to post-secondary scholarships, financial aid, and work-related to, to academic education, I would say probably in the hundreds. Like a lot, a lot. Oh boy, oh boy. It's a lot of years, a lot of years. <laughs> I, I remember when I applied to go to the University of McGill, it was still on paper and pen. You still mm -hmm. dropped off an actual package. 10 years later, Algonquin College in Ontario, a little bit more online, but there was still a lot of paper and pen. How would you say the process has changed over the years? Yeah, you know what? Definitely, I remember when I applied to Laurier, it was paper and pen, and then Western was partly online in 20, uh, 2009, but quite a bit of paper as well. But aside from that, I would say the types of questions that we're asking, I'm also on a committee that reviews applications for a scholarship um, and as well as um, graduate program, but the types of questions are changing. So we're, we're moving away from just grades, although grades are so super, super important to looking at who you are as a whole person. So who is Dave as a whole person? So we're wanting to know about your background. We're wanting to hear your story because what we're looking for is fit in the program, not just, you know, academically, but how are you going to contribute sort of to the fabric of the university or the college, um, you know, in a more way, a way that's well-rounded, whether that be getting involved on campus, et cetera. Um, I would say the, uh, the other way that it's really changed over, over the years is thinking about, um, you know, what are what are some of those skills beyond the classroom that you bring? So questions are really asking about sometimes problem solving or um, really asking you to think about your work experience and how that relates to how you might excel in a program, mm. especially in the professional programs. The last thing I would say, and this is really more for professional programs, is testing, right? So we have the CASPER test that people going into the OTPT world would take. So that testing kind of helps, again, just determine best fit for the program. It doesn't mean that you wouldn't make a good X if you don't do well in the test, but it really helps to sort of streamline um, who is the best fit for the program. So those are the ways I'd say that it's changed. Elizabeth, I'm so glad that at 19 years old, McGill was not asking me what kind of well-rounded person I was because the answer would have been <laughs> the only round part are my triceps from all the bench pressing. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's that means you work out, so that's part of being well-rounded. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> hey, Elizabeth, a few weeks ago, you were struck by a segment that Don Dickinson did uh, for the McLean's Magazine preview, where she talked about people who make a career as post-secondary application coaches, as someone who lives in that world, that universe. How do you feel about those kinds of services and professions? Yeah, I would say proceed with caution. So one of the, the taglines that was mentioned in that segment was help with applications. So I want to know more as a, a parent potentially or an applicant or an administrator reviewing an application, what does help look like? Is help kind of coaching you in the right direction, perhaps helping you figure out some schools that might be really good fit for you based on your interest, um, helping you sort of tailor your CV and curricular activities and extracurricular activities, or does help mean actually crafting it? And sometimes that isn't always clear. Um, and sometimes what we're seeing too is these wonderful applications that come in and then somebody gets in their program and they're struggling with the writing. So we're, we're asking those questions to figure out what that help look like. Um, now I have several friends in the arts and one of the things that's really challenging if you're going into like theater or dance is you're applying to thinking about looking at tons of schools, right? And it's very competitive. So an application coach might help you sort of narrow that down and think about where your best fit is. But I would say proceed with caution. And I would say really as a, as a parent, perhaps who's, who's looking into these services, do your research. Like what is the actual success rate of these coaches? What qualifications do they have? Are they educators? themselves? Mm. What is their background in terms of writing, in terms of helping people, um, in terms of like a life coaching or a guidance perspective? I also think you really want to even for the first session, sit in with the person, the, the child or the, the person that you're providing, um, if you're a parent providing support to, just to kind of see what's going on in there. Like, do these coaches have stakes in certain universities? I don't know. Mm. But those are the questions I would be asking as a guardian or parent who's potentially putting out thousands of dollars. I spoke to an applicant who told me their parent put out $10,000. Oh my gosh. Coaches. Oh my so gosh. So that's, that's a lot of money. Um, so you just want to, I think, proceed with caution. I, I would say yellow, amber, light for me. Well, forgive me if, if I'm taking this to an absurd realm or absurd region that doesn't make any sense at all. Again, I don't run in these academic circles anymore, I, I, but I'm curious what academics might think in regards to academic integrity of a service mm. like this. Like you said, the difference yeah. between crafting and preparing somebody or yes. helping versus crafting, helping versus doing, and especially when you add the financial component to it, I wonder what that might say more broadly about concerns around academic integrity and maybe also yes. just like the general inclusion of people from uh, more marginalized backgrounds being able to get into universities um, mm -hmm. at, at, or, or being excluded at the expense of individuals who are paying 10 grand to make their application shine. Yeah, it's, those are all really good points. I do have concerns about the academic integrity. Not to say that I, I think coaching is a bad thing. In fact, quite the opposite. Um, but at your... At at your school, if you're in high school or at your child's school, they have guidance counselors. Now, guidance counselors we we know are overworked, and so sometimes people will use these coaches to help fill those gaps. But I think I have concerns about, for sure, like whether people who can't afford this are getting in. Um, but I also, from an academic integrity perspective, I, I want more clarity on what the process is. Like I want I want to be able to really see clearly. This is the kind of assessment we do to find out, you know, where you might be best suited to go to post secondary or 
if post-secondary is a, a fit, like maybe we need to start there. And right, then also right. thinking about, you know, like then thinking about like, here are the services we offer and here's how we help your, your child or you to become successful and coach yourself. So I, I want to see more transparency and I get really concerned when I hear things like, um, you know, X number of people have gone to the school who have used this service. Um, and I worry as somebody that's on the other side as a TA that people are, are getting a lot of support with that writing piece and then coming in and it's not fair to them because then they're not prepared for the writing that's expected, especially at a graduate level. Right, right, absolutely. Okay, Elizabeth, not everybody's got the uh, 10 grand to pay for a coach, but they no. do have the time to listen to you right now. So let's <laughs> okay. say someone's in the midst of putting together a application for university or college or a scholarship, like whatever, whatever that might be. What's some advice that you have, starting with the do's, maybe focusing on the do's? The do's, okay. Um, you know, I think especially for, um, well, for all scholarships, applications, tell your story, be authentic, where it's appropriate. But I love, I've read scholarship applications for uh, needs, the National Educational Association of Disabled Students for years. And I love when people tell a good story and talk about why they're a fit based on their life experience, not just listing off activities, but mm -hmm. really being bringing your whole self to the table, where, again, where it's appropriate. I also think it's really important to read the question. So if I'm asking you to tell me about a barrier oh. you experienced and how you, Dave Brown, navigated that barrier and came up with a solution, you got to you got to answer the whole question. So sometimes people will answer half or they'll answer what I think perhaps they think the question's asking, but I always put it aside for a day or two and come back and read it and go, is this my best work? Did I answer this question? Am I actually getting at what if I was an applicant reviewer, what would I think? Um, some don'ts, especially for scholarships, don't put all your eggs in one basket. There are There is tons of money out there to be given away. So don't just apply for the big ones, although the Needs and AMI scholarship is a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, absolutely, little plug there, little plug there. But there's lots of small scholarships, your Lions Clubs, your Rotary Clubs, um, churches. There are so many out there. So don't hesitate to, to really reach out um, and, and cast that wide, 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 wide net. I would also say don't ever for a scholarship. Now, applications are different for, for, for a scholarship. You should not be in the application stage giving away banking information or paying up front, not for a scholarship. Okay. Uh, different for applications, but we just really want to be mindful of that. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. Um, and I, I would say, this sounds cliche, but you know, don't leave things to the last minute. I had a spreadsheet <laughs> when I was applying to my PhD with the deadlines, and then I would put them in my calendar. And then when I needed drafts to be sent to my supervisor, um, and references are really big one. Ask well in advance. Don't be afraid of getting a no back. It could just be that person doesn't think they're the best fit, but don't ever put someone on an application that you haven't sort of had that chit chat mm -hmm. with about the reference process, right? Oh, so I'm yeah. not going to be putting Dave Brown down unless I've had a chat with Dave Brown. So. <laughs> Hello, uh, do you know Elizabeth Moeller? No, I've never met Elizabeth no, Moeller. Never. I know nothing We're not about on TV, her. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Elizabeth, speaking of being on TV, it's a triple dose of you this week, today, tomorrow, and Friday. So talking to you again so tomorrow, but more from the academic world, this time about students around finals, final papers, final exams, and how to manage some stress. So more helpful advice with Elizabeth tomorrow. Elizabeth, have a wonderful day. Talk to Thank you in you, less than 24 hours. You bet. Talk to you then. That's Elizabeth Moeller, the founder of EM Disability Consulting. Coming up after the break.
What do you think the most searched thing was or subject was this year on Wikipedia? Alex Smythe will have the answer and bring it to the round table with Nazreen and Ramya. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.